Hey there, I'm Dr. Jerry Crete, and you're listening to Be With The Word. Thank you for being with me. And uh, this week, I'm starting with the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, but I'm actually going to be looking ahead. I'm actually trying to bring together several of the upcoming Sundays. I've been reflecting on the next four Sundays and what the readings are telling me. And I've been trying to integrate that with a psychological perspective. That's what this whole um, podcast is about, is integrating our faith with sound psychology. And uh, I guess I just got ahead of myself looking at the readings. Uh, because sometimes you have to take it into context. We're part of a liturgical season or the different readings come together um, not just one week at a time, but they come together over time. And so I've really been reflecting uh, and uh, trying to gather together what is being said in these readings. I'll tell you what the major themes are that are coming to me. One of them is the question of attachment, right? Is the question of how we are attached to things that hold us down. But I've also been hearing this message about joy and about rejoicing, about gladness, right? And so I see a number of dichotomies happening over time in these readings. And I'd really like to explore those dichotomies or these polarities, basically where one thing is being contrasted with another and what does it mean? The other really important theme here is suffering. And I really think I'd like to explore that topic as well, because I know that with clients I work with who have experienced suffering, who have experienced trauma, there's a big question about that. There's a big question about what it means. But not only is there a question about past trauma or past suffering, but ongoing suffering and whether suffering or um, hardship is a choice sometimes, right? compared to something that one just simply experiences. And what does it mean? All right, I'd like to start. I'm going to be jumping around in these readings over the next few weeks. So if you don't hear these readings this Sunday, you will if you keep listening. But the one that really jumps out at me is the one where Jesus says that it would be better to have a millstone around your neck than to hurt one of these little ones, you know, that you'll be thrown into the sea. I think that's a very powerful reading. And I've worked with a lot of people who have experienced trauma. And a lot of people have experienced abuse as a child. And one of the things that happens is that they blame themselves. It's a natural inclination, especially as a child, because they can't tolerate the idea that their parent or caregiver is dangerous. So they take the blame on themselves. So this is a powerful passage to me from Christ himself, who basically says hurting a little one is pretty much the worst thing that you can do. If you cause a little one to sin, you will be thrown into the sea. That's a pretty powerful message. He also gives the very powerful message about sin and says that it's better if you, you know, to pluck out your eye or cut off your hand or cut off your foot if it leads you to sin. So again, another really stark message about stopping, ending any kind of sin. Don't do something if it causes a lot of damage. 
I think that's an important message to hold on to. At the same time, it can be daunting because we're all sinners. At the same time, we all have committed some kind of sin in our lives. We've all made really terrible mistakes sometimes. And we've all hurt others in very serious ways, one time or another. And so we might have a tendency to apply those passages directly to us, right? And I think it's important to look at that because also in the passages, we have the message that of the, um, of, of the rich young man who comes to Jesus and he is literally, he really literally says he has followed every single commandment. And what does Christ say? Give up all of your wealth, give up all your possessions. Right. And that stumps him. And so we're left with this message. What does that really mean? Because if you give up everything, whatever it is that you're holding on to, maybe it is wealth and pleasure, right? Maybe it is pride or luxury. The message here is that those attachments hold us down and prevent us from finding true joy, true gladness. So it's interesting. And in these passages, so often we have the message of the people who are most in need over and over. It's the blind, the lame, the mother, the child. Those are the vulnerable in society. So over and over again in these passages, we see that they are the ones who need our help need our support, our kindness, and so on, and that they are the ones that Christ is going to vindicate. And so ultimately, as I'm reading this and I'm realizing we need to gain wisdom, we need to understand what this all means. And we have in this reading, in these readings, the, the message of the wisdom of the heart discerning reflections and thoughts of the heart are all mentioned and that those things wisdom of the heart leads to kindness joy and gladness it's also mentioned that that spirit leads to the gift of prophecy which is interesting so what is it that we are being called to you know i don't know that it necessarily means we have to give up all of our wealth but there is a message here about what are we attached to and therefore what do we need to do? We have in the message in the story in Genesis that man is not supposed to be alone, right? That he is supposed to be with women, woman, that they are one flesh. We also have Jesus opposing divorce. We find that in that union and in that connection, there is a sense of belonging, a bond. There is even the mention of prosperity and children, right? And so we get this idea that it is through connection, right? It is through caring for the unfortunate, caring for the oppressed, caring for the vulnerable, and in connecting with others in love, that leads to prosperity, that leads to joy, that leads to gladness. So it's about letting go of attachments. 
It's about letting go of our need for self-sufficiency and just doing things for our own selfish goods, but doing things for others and connecting with others. And so even in the example that Jesus gives of, of divorce being a bad thing, it is generally in that time, especially the idea of divorcing a woman would have left her vulnerable would have meant no more children. It would have meant a lack of prosperity. It would have meant a, 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 a terrible life for her. So that condemnation or hurting a child, all of those things hurt someone in need. Whereas the opposite of that means that we let go, we choose to sometimes even suffer let go of things we were attached to, which might mean tears, which might even involve weeping. And that brings us to perfection and salvation. And we become brothers in Christ and we see the light. We have gladness and joy. So all those themes, they're not showing up in only one reading, but every message that I just said there has been coming to me by reading all of these readings, trying to code them and notice the themes and bring them together. Okay, now I'd like to look at our own lives for a moment and reflect on how we can make this real in our lives now and how we can examine our own lives for the kinds of attachments that are holding us back. So this led me to another kind of area that I, I've been exploring. I've been working especially with men who are trying to heal their sexuality. And what I've noticed is that within that, there is always some sort of fantasy. There is always some sort of um, desire or compulsion that is driven by acting out a fantasy. And on the surface, sometimes those fantasies just look disturbed or you know, very um, sinful, perhaps even. But if we look a little closer, we might find that there is an underlying need being expressed in that fantasy. And if there's a power dynamic at play in that fantasy, it reveals a deeper need. So how does this all connect <laughs> to what I was saying before? Well, if you look at the examples that are given in these readings of um, little ones being hurt. It's a power dynamic. Somebody that is wealthy and enjoying luxury and pleasure at the expense of a widow or at the expense of a blind person, there is a power dynamic. I am benefiting by having power over someone else. I am benefiting by not sharing. I'm benefiting by not helping. Right? And so I believe that the, these readings, the scriptures, are calling us to get out of that. And that means breaking the power struggle. But in order to do that, we need to change our internal, if you will, fantasy or our internal dynamic. So if in my dynamic, I have been hurt, let's say I've been traumatized in some way as a child, my fantasy might involve getting power over others. Hey, maybe it's a revenge fantasy. 
could be a sexualized fantasy where I have sexual power over someone else or some other, you know, some other dynamic of power. It might be where I become um, very competent, very through my own ambition, you know, and I have power over other people in a business setting. There are lots of ways in which we can have power over another person. And it might that need for power, you know, in whatever way it expresses itself, usually reflects a deeper need that took place when we felt powerless. All right. Hope you're following me because <laughs> the next step here is going to how do we how do we break free of that attachment? Because that's an unhealthy attachment to the need for power. Right. Even if people talk about sex and talk about lust, well, you know, people talk about rape and they say that rape or whatever is more about power than it is about actual sexual desire. I think that's true. But that isn't always played out sexually. Sometimes it's played out in other settings. There are lots of ways in which we can get power over another person. Why do we need that power? What is going on there? I think in these readings, the scriptures, I think God is telling us that we need to break out of that cycle. Right? Because in the readings, it says pride, greatness, wealth is all vain. Luxury and pleasure doesn't save. But yet we think we need those things. So a little bit, we have to change our positioning. Because if deep down we are a victim of someone else's power over us, then we're perpetually going to have some kind of fantasy that involves having power over another. And when that plays out, it will hurt others. And so we have to change that dynamic internally. That might mean slowing right down and recognizing how we get power over others. We're all different, so it may take different forms. Right? And that may give us a sense of pride or a sense of accomplishment or a sense of importance. We may even make money out of it. Or it might be sexual gratification. Whatever it is. Let's recognize it. Let's recognize that it's happening. And let's bring, allow God, and let's bring a new perspective onto it. Let's notice, maybe using parts language, that there was a part of me at one time that felt powerless. And let's bring what it needs, right? Let's bring to the part of us that is powerless what it really needs. And I think in readings, we're told what it is. Connection, belonging, joy, comfort, light, consolation. Let's allow ourselves to receive goodness. And that kind of goodness doesn't involve having to get power over someone else to feel good about oneself. It's just about knowing how loved we are, receiving kindness, receiving 
comfort from, really from ourselves, but illuminated by God's love. Now all of a sudden, I don't need to have power over someone else to feel good. Now all of a sudden, I actually can bring love to others. I can give something to others because I now feel like I've received it. So if I was to summarize, you know, what these readings are telling us over the next several weeks, that's what it is, is that we are being called, right? Of course, to try to stop sin in our lives, right? But we are told that sometimes we will have to suffer in that choice and that we might have tears and weeping because we're giving up something. We're giving up power, a, a false sense of being powerful. We're acknowledging that we maybe have been hurt. And when we accept that and walk with Christ through that, we experience, ironically, joy. We are actually perfected through that when we allow him to console us and to, to, to teach our hearts and feed our hearts everything that it needs. All right. Uh, this is a theme I'm probably going to revisit in the next few weeks. <laughs> so if it you know doesn't all hit you at once, maybe it will over time. Because I think these readings are so deep. And they explore all the different elements of our faith. But they also speak to a, a psychological truth. And so it comes together, I think, beautifully. Our world sometimes will tell us that those fantasies are something we have to play out in order to be happy. But I think those fantasies need to be restored. In other words, or renewed, or, or better yet, transformed in order for us to be happy. Because I think we get it wrong if we just say, oh, you need to have power over other people. Let's play that out in some way, whether that's through pornography or whether that's by becoming super powerful and lording it over others. No, I don't think that's how true healing takes place. All right. Well, that is what I have for you this week. <laughs> uh, I hope that you've enjoyed that. If you enjoy Be With The Word or anything in Souls and Hearts, please subscribe. You know, it's really important to us to get subscriptions, pass it on to others, anyone that might benefit from our messages. Uh, we continue to share with you all the great things we're doing with Souls and Hearts. I'm so excited. Uh, Dr. Peter Malinowski is doing amazing things with the resilient Catholic community. I have the Catholic Journeyman community. Uh, we have our podcast coming out. There's so many, um, so many great things when you bring sound psychology and Orthodox Catholic teaching together, and uh, in, in, in to to really change both the human heart and uh, to enliven our souls. All right. Until next time. Be still. Believe and be loved. Take good care. Bye bye.